Welcome to the Harrington Star FinTech Diversity, Equity and Inclusion Discussions. I want to showcase people across our industry who are advocates for change. I love to celebrate the wins, but we know there is so much more to be done to ensure that change actually happens to build a truly inclusive industry. In these diversity, equity and inclusion discussions, I have a number of series. The Humans of FinTech, The Talent Surgery, The Maternity and Paternity Stories, and the longest running of all, the Women of FinTech podcast series. I do lots of work to drive change campaigns across our industry to increase inclusion within the workplace. So please contact me to see how we can partner together. You can contact me through LinkedIn or on my email, nadia.edwards-dashti at harringtonstar.com. In the meantime, enjoy the show. Welcome to the Women of Fintech podcast series. We are here today to celebrate the wins, raise awareness of the challenges, and walk the talk for change across the entire industry. Today, we are joined by Yasmin Johal, Associate of CMS. CMS is an international law firm and has over 4,800 lawyers across 77 offices and in 43 countries worldwide to help organizations thrive in changing times. CMS combines its deep local market understanding with a global overview to give business-focused advice to help clients of every size to face the future with confidence. CMS is a leading law firm within the fintech space, and Yasmin advises financial services firms, tech companies, market participants, and investors on a range of complex UK and EU regulatory issues with a particular focus within fintech. She's worked with investment banking, corporate banking, private banking, and judiciary management teams across both the UK and US financial markets. She's won the Innovate Finance 2020 Standout 35 Women in FinTech Power List and is Tech Women 100 Award winner. She is here today to share her journey and tell us all about everything she's done. Yasmin, thank you so much for joining us. How are you? I'm well, thanks, Nadia. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to, to you know, speak on the podcast and give people an insight on what I do. Yeah, I, I absolutely love it because it's actually quite a unique stance because we haven't had somebody from such a legal background on the podcast before. So I'm really excited to learn more about you and what you've been doing and an award winner as well, which is always great fun. So let's get a bit more on your background. Tell us about your role at CMS, what it entails and what you do within FinTech. Great. Thanks, Nadia. I think you've kind of given a, a brief insight. So I, as you mentioned, I'm a lawyer at CMS and I have a particular specialism in fintech. I'm one of the few female specialists in the regulatory aspects of fintech. My day job requires me to provide legal and commercial advice to various players within the fintech ecosystem, such as governments, investors, tech companies, financial services firms. And this in turn helps shape trends and developments in the fintech industry, both domestically and internationally. I like to say that I make financial services more accessible to everybody. In addition to my day job, I do a lot of work around amplifying kind of the fintech and tech industry more widely. I'm regularly involved with assisting the kind of the CMS fintech agenda. And I'm part of the firm's fintech working group where I co-host our fintech bites podcast, 
which brings together our clients, stakeholders, and experts to discuss uh, innovative technology and fintech developments. I regularly publish thought leadership along with my colleagues on all things fintech and innovation in a range of broadsheets, journals, and specialist papers. I collaborate with industry bodies and provide tools and resources on specific areas of fintech, such as tokenization, regtech, and digital assets. I assist in advising governments, regulators, and other related stakeholders on how to model the fintech landscape. I, you know, I guess the reason we're here today is I, because I publish a lot of thought leadership on how we can get more women and fame backgrounds into the fintech industry. And I love all of that. It's just so exciting to hear how much you do and you know what your scope is. It's brilliant to hear. So tell us a bit about your career journey to get to this point. <coughs> I'd call you an, an expert in the space now, but that's taken a, a time to get to that point. So tell us a bit more about it. Yes, of course. So I think maybe to set the scene, I am not your traditional fintechy person. I'm a lawyer by trade and I specialise in financial services, but my cross specialism is fintech. And I think it's really important to emphasise that, that my journey and role into fintech is quite broad. I'm involved in fintech as a sector, which really shows the breadth of careers that are available uh, within the fintech sector. Just kind of winding back in terms of what I did. So I pursued a non-traditional route. I read law with transactional legal studies at King's College London. And as part of that, I spent a year exploring law, economics and politics at Georgetown University in DC. And it was during this time I had an insight into fintech, tech and financial services. I interned at a couple of investment banks across the city in London and I was involved in various projects where we deployed technology to make financial services a bit more efficient, such as um, new product approvals using software uh, and algorithms, which I found really, really fascinating. I found it really exciting at how fintech makes financial products more innovative and savvy. And obviously, it put me in a good stead for a career in law, knowing what clients do. After my degree, I worked as a banker at an international private bank in New York, where I helped lead a global change and transformation project where we deployed technological innovation to enhance client onboarding processes. And it really was at this point that I realised that I wanted to use my skills to work within the tech and the financial services sector So obviously fintech was the natural choice for me. I kind of finished my stint in the US and I came back to the UK and completed a training contract at CMS and and qualified in the financial services team. And this is where we are today. I now obviously advise various players in the ecosystem around how they can use technology to disrupt financial services. For example, crypto firms, payment services firms, etc. You know, 99% of my clients deploy cool and innovative, quirky solutions, be it algorithms, blockchains, DLT, you know, all types of products to make financial services more accessible. And I think it's a really exciting space to be in, especially within the you know the legal field, because laws are always changing depending on the jurisdictions. You know, the UK is dominant within the fintech sector, and we're seeing loads of publications and consultations from the regulator here. And you know, the scope of work for a lawyer in fintech is rapidly evolving, and it's very exciting. It's just so great to hear the volume and the breadth of what it is that you're covering. I know that there's loads of programs that you're involved in and lots that CMS offers for fintechs. Could you go into that in a bit more detail? 
Yes, of course. So if we maybe start start with kind of uh, smaller scale fintechs. So at CMS, we have the CMS Equip program, which is our dedicated startup accelerator. And through this accelerator, we help fintechs as well as tech startups kind of scale by providing a full suite of legal services specifically tailored to high growth businesses at a discounted price. You know, we appreciate that fintech startups need tailored advice for their business. And we have specialist lawyers on hand that work and advise fintech startups and really understand each stage of growth of their business. The program is obviously completely free. And in addition to discounting fees, we offer fixed legal fees, access to a community of founders within fintech, as well as introductions to VCs, investors and the whole ecosystem. You know, some of our some of our fixed legal fees that we find really important for our fintech clients is work around IP, funding, you know, T's and C's, employee share schemes, all of these key legal considerations that fintechs need to be aware of at all stages. And then secondly, in response to the Rosie review, we launched our Lead Hers initiative in 2019, which is focused on supporting women in tech uh, startups and very much around supporting women in the fintech community and ensuring that there's a greater focus on diversity. Through this initiative, we raise the question of diversity at pitch meetings and offer introductions to female board members or women holding C-suite positions to help founders address the imbalances in their team. And we obviously have our Lead Host podcast, which is a you know, dedicated podcast around amplifying female fintechs and female techs more generally and obviously this is a really important resource for female fintech entrepreneurs as it allows like-minded businesses to connect and find synergies. So more generally in addition to kind of equip and the Lead Hers program we have monthly events for our fintech founders as part of this equip program where we have industry leading experts talk about key legal, financial, commercial considerations that founders need to be aware of. You know, this allows our fintech founders to connect with prominent industry experts on critical considerations for their business, which they wouldn't ordinarily have access to. And finally, if you don't meet, you know, let's say for want of another word, scale metrics for uh, our equip program will lead hers, we obviously advise all types of fintechs across different global jurisdictions and sizes and through our international network we have breakfast briefings, networking, uh, lunch and learns and a full host of programs tailored toward fintech clients to ensure that they're aware of the key legal and commercial considerations operating within that space. Really important work that you're doing and I can just hear how passionate you are about every single <laughs> bit that you, that you do and I love the fact that you've mentioned a number of times how important the equality and diversity and inclusion aspects of it is to you. This passion 100% shines through and I know that you know you do a lot with regards to speaking engagement, amplifying BAME and female backgrounds into tech. I want you just to share a bit more of that for us because I think this is a really important thing that a, uh, my listeners will want to listen to you, but B, we can all be more active and involved within. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. Yeah, of course. So I've always been passionate about amplifying female and BAME talents because I, I guess I tick both of those diversity boxes. So it's very natural to me. So if we look at the BAME front, firstly, you know, I'm a kind of spearhead and a committee member of the BAME network at CMS, where we amplify our internal BAME colleagues. Um, as well as obviously promote the, the profile of external BAME colleagues through events, initiatives, campaigns, a couple of things for the BAME network. We launched a campaign last year called I Am CMS, 
which was a six-week campaign where we I guess we, we were just kind of highlighted some of the main talent from very junior to very senior and it really amplified our BAME colleagues that work across the whole platform at CMS and a bit of insight into what they do and how we can increase diversity. Continuing with the, the BAME focus, we have a BAME founders campaign at CMS which is I guess a, kind of a, a sister or brother campaign to um, the Equip programme where similar to Lead Hers, we have a specific uh, working group that looks at increasing BAME founders within the tech industry and obviously being part of that I look at BAME fintechs and how we can increase it, the pool of BAME founders both female and male within the fintech industry. Again, I've already mentioned Lead Hers, which is a fabulous initiative and we've really helped increase the profile of female entrepreneurs within fintech and tech more generally. And then I guess on a personal level, I'm actually a school governor and used to be a kind of a secondary state school, but now it's an academy like most schools in the UK. But um, I'm a school governor there and I lead the sixth form and I have a particular focus on putting in place initiatives to help those from female and tech backgrounds gain work experiences across the kind of the Midlands region and also um, having mentors from people from similar backgrounds uh, whether it's gender, ethnicity as well as socio-economic background. Well, you know, after receiving the Tech Women 100 award and being recognised as a standout 35 star with women in fintech I think it's really given me the platform to amplify my passion and also reach out to a wider audience you know since then which was last December I believe I've done a lot of speaking engagements and writing engagements I've recently authored some material for the fintech magazine around champion women in fintech and the, and the importance of overcoming barriers to entry and reshaping the landscape for gender parity in fintech. I've spoken on numerous blogs, various you know, high profile organisations around how we can amplify females and people from BAME backgrounds, specifically you know, females, into the tech sectors. I partnered with kind of prominent women in tech and other amazing women about how we can um, promote fintech as a career choice for young girls in schools from the age of 11. And recently I spoke at the We Are Tech Women One Tech World Conference about the importance of female entrepreneurship. And you know, these awards gave me that platform to do that. And I, I, it's just really exciting. And I think, you know, but for these awards, I probably wouldn't be speaking on this podcast now. So I think it's a great thing to be involved with. And I really hope throughout the rest of my career, I can continue to promote the cause and it's just no wonder that you did win these awards with everything that you're <laughs> doing and it's so brilliant that you've taken the you know the celebration of winning that award and you've gone and used it as a platform to do more with it which is just fantastic now tell us a bit more about who you collaborate with to help develop the fintech agenda yeah thanks Nadia. so obviously i've kind of given a bit of an insight into who i collaborate with on a personal level with you know, the various organisations, broadsheets, etc., which is really around me amplifying women and people from BAME backgrounds into fintech. Uh, I think it's really important to look at what CMS does as well. You know, CMS has been on the forefront of the fintech agenda for many, many years. We are advisors to various clients and trade bodies that are relevant to the fintech sector. For example, we act for major top tier fintechs, as well as provide fintech work for large corporates. This can include crypto firms, tech infrastructure networks, platforms and exchanges. We're members of the all-party parliamentary group on blockchain and have advised most recently on related matters 
We work closely with major names and groups in crypto and fintech, for example, Crypto Club AM, Crypto AM, Crypto UK, the UK Fintech Innovation Lab, the Investment Association, and you know, a whole host of trade bodies and key stakeholders within fintech. Um, and we regularly host and join events and have published extensively in this area. And we're also members of the Financial Markets Law Committee and participate in several working groups on the development of blockchain law and regulation. I really would like to emphasize that you know, CMS is really spearheading the fintech agenda, not only in the UK, but internationally. We have some great partners and a great team of people who get involved with everything to model the landscape. And I think, you know, I, I mentioned before, like the breadth of what you do is just so important. Like, I love the phrase, you know, that inclusion is about including everybody, but it's also about reaching everybody, isn't it? And, and I think yeah. that, you know, that this sort of far reach that you have is absolutely brilliant because it will be engaging so many different mindsets into how important this is and why it should be not just on the agenda, but the agenda, you know? Now, it, it kind of takes me on to my next question, because I love to ask people like, what their call to action is with regards to all be doing for workplace inclusion. So I wanted to ask you about that. Yeah, of course. So for me, it's two things. The first is at an organisational level. I think to get someone diverse into the room, we really need affirmative action. Organisations need to be actively having programmes, training sessions, mentoring, role models and the likes of these brilliant initiatives to get people from diverse backgrounds not only into the room but have a seat at the decision making table. The second point is at an individual level and something that I like to keep in mind in everything I do is that make sure that there are at least another two people in that room that look like you, talk like you, come from a background that you did. If every person actively does this um, and helps make the changes to ensure that the room makeup is like this, then the table will be diverse in itself eventually. I literally love what you've just said there. Like, I just think it's so, so important that we're not just focusing on, and you know, this is me coming from a recruitment perspective. It's not just focusing on bringing people into the organisation. It's allowing them to speak. I've got to say, I've got a real bee in my bonnet at the moment, talking about this, this um, encouraging people to speak, creating an environment where people feel safe to speak, wanting to share different and opposite opinion and celebrate that and debate that. I think it's an incredibly important to hear you say that. And I know that people listening to this will look at you as a, as a role model for, for everything that you've been doing. So from your point of view, how important are role models and mentors and all of our need to play a part within this? I think it's really important and I think it's critical to success. You know, you need to have at least one visible role model, again, who looks like you, talks like you, has a similar background and is doing what you want to be doing. Personally, I don't always look at overly senior people as my role models. Often I'll look at people doing the job that I would like to be doing in three years time. I'm looking to inspire my next stepping stone to success. And I guess personally for me, it's I find it amazing when I see prominent vain females you know, in the agenda, especially those that perhaps have a bit of a brummy accent like I do, and are state, you know, state school educated, because that's the background I came from. And I just find it amazing when I see people who look sound come from backgrounds that I do. And I might not even know them, but I find it very inspirational. And I guess once you've found your role model, why don't you reach out to them? I really think we need to normalise speaking to strangers. 
I have no shame. Like I don't buy cold calling people, or chatting to people on LinkedIn, which you probably know, Nadia. Uh, but I think it's really important that we can normal, normalize this. And one tip that perhaps I'd give to listeners is that once you've found someone that you want to connect with or you can see them as a potential role model, reach out to them and think about prior to doing that, kind of articulate your reason for reaching out and what you want to gain. I guess ultimately, you know, relationships are about creating a mutual advantage. So think about what it might be and explain your approach. And once you've got this, reach out and build a connection and hopefully it will go somewhere. And if it doesn't, you know, at least you've got the confidence to reach out and cold call. (laughs) Yeah, and it's great advice, really great advice, because I think, you know, when we look at ourselves and our careers, you know, we have responsibility to drive forward our own career and make and make things happen. So I love that advice. What other advice would you give to people joining the industry, perhaps? Two things. Um, One of the partners I work with closely has always said to me, you know, build a support network. Because the people who you know now will, in 20 years' time, be your friends, your colleagues, potentially your clients. You know, build your support network and keep and keep keep in touch with as many people as you can, because that will pay off in the future. And secondly, you know, find your champions and cheerleaders. You know, these are the people that are going to lift you up when you excel and kind of be there for you if you fall. And I think that kind of ties in with the support network, but also it's more of a personal comfort. Yeah, and I think that's a really unique bit of advice, but just so important to find those champions because no career growth and no no role and no job is a straight road. It's never a straight line, is it? There's always ups and downs and there's always challenges. And I think having that support network and having champions around you will help you get through the, the challenges that you're going to inevitably face. I think today's pod has been absolutely brilliant. Like you have jam-packed our 20 minutes with just (laughs) advice so much experience I've absolutely loved it and I've learned so much and I know that people listening to this will will have learned so much too and I encourage people to reach out to Yasmin I know that you are open to that you've just said it in the podcast but just it's a massive massive thank you from me Um, what a brilliant podcast and lovely to get to know you and understand everything that you do so thank you for joining us on the women of fintech podcast series thanks for having me Adia Oh, 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 oh,